They are clues to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. They are clues to how reality works. They are clues to our own hidden nature, our own subconscious, our own intuition, our own ability to navigate the world, not just rationally, but through our hearts and through our intuitive capacities. They, te they tell us a lot about ourselves as well as how we can be better in the world. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. Our guest today is Dr. Bernard Beitman. He is a world expert on coincidences. How and why do synchronicity and serendipity happen? Dr. Bernard Beitman is a psychiatrist and has authored two books about meaningful coincidences. He hosts the Connecting with Coincidence podcast and is the founder and president of the Coincidence Project. This is his story and this is his passion. Dr. Beitman, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Louisa. It's it's fun talking with you already. And uh, right from the start, um, I want to be able to, to tell you and our audience why I do this study of synchronicity, meaningful experiences, meaningful coincidences, and serendipities, why these experiences are important for humanity. They are very common. Uh, uh, my research shows that, and others' research shows that they are common, but a lot of people don't notice them. So they don't ha really happen unless somebody notices them. And that could be somebody else seeing somebody else having a synchronicity. That happens too. But what's important about them? Well, they help with spiritual development, psychological development, interpersonal development. They also, serendipities in particular, help us discover ideas and people uh, and sometimes money that uh, we need and come, they come in surprising ways. Synchronicity, more people, serendipity, more about things, ideas, but they're both meaningful coincidences in that they are two events usually that come together in a surprising way that is hard to explain, but it seems like there probably is an explanation and often evokes a an emotional response from the person experiencing it, and then that leads to an attempt to find meaning both for themselves and for other people. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I have to ask you, what's the difference between serendipity and coincidences? Well, I, the reason I titled the book Meaningful Coincidences is because both serendipity and synchronicity are each meaningful coincidences, which means often a mental event and a physical event or an objective event come together in a surprising way. Sometimes that surprise can be, as I mentioned, about an idea that you are looking for uh, or a, a, a money that you need or even a person who can help you on your journey. And that tends to be more serendipity, but some people call that synchronicity because there's an overlap between the two. And Jung invented the word synchronicity and it because he was a psychiatrist who was pretty psychological, it synchronicity for him tended to be 
psychological, interpersonal, uh, and uh, intrapsychic and and spiritual. So it, it helped with spiritual development. Serendipity doesn't really have that ring to it, but together they make a more complete picture of a meaningful coincidences that can have all these other different uh, effects on persons and people around them. It's so interesting. Just tell you one of the, uh, one of the fun, uh, please I tell you just, I mean, we should tell you a story about how this stuff works. I mean, Fantastic. it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's kind of t- talking abstractly, but this is, this is real world stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was sitting on my porch today meditating and a squirrel came up to me and that hasn't happened before. And the squirrel came up to me. I opened my eyes. I felt something was around me. And we were, we looked at each other. And when I moved my head, he started slowly backing away. And the bit of the synchronicity there is I'm talking with uh, Louisa t- today. This is about uh, 45 minutes before I talked to Louisa. And it elevated my my sense of connection to nature and my connection to, I think what Louisa has been trying to understand for herself, what you have and what hopefully your, your listeners and our viewers are being able to pay attention to. That's a simple kind of sign of something. Uh, So that was, that's a, that was a fun one that I can bring to you. But a fun of a funny one is I have my own podcast um, and uh, I interviewed bunch of people i've had 100 people on uh, this youtube channel called connecting with coincidence and the three people i interviewed uh, a person named josh uh a person named anna and a person named uh, sheila well i published sheila's um podcast the other day and because anna i thought knew her I also emailed Anna the link to that podcast. And right after I sent it to Anna, who, who lives in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, and works in New York City, right after I sent it, she said, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm at a dance. And I'm I'm with Josh now, uh, the person I had mentioned I had interviewed. So two people I had interviewed were now dancing together and they didn't know each other until they had met at this dance in Los Angeles. Now, I, I was tired, so I said, that's cool. But I thought it was really a, that's a, that's the sort of example I'm trying to say of how we sh- coincidences show how interconnected we are. No, I, I love that example. Thank you so much. Um, you talk about the first part of coincidences is, is noticing them, being aware of them, and and it and it's so individual for each person. You saw a, a squirrel, which was a beautiful experience this morning. Um, another person could have a completely different interpretation of that experience. Why? Because Louisa, we are different. <laughs> And one of one of the most difficult things I've had to do here is that I've written this book that is a, a, basically a primer, a beginner's guide to synchronicity, this meaningful coincidence book. Um, and I know what's right. You know, I have that had that I have that that had that thing in there. I know what I don't know what's right. I have my own 
opinions on it. I've done a lot of research. I've had my own experiences. I've talked with hundreds of people about them. I've collected thousands of stories. I have a lot of experience with meaningful coincidences, but how to interpret them is based on the the filter, the prism of each person's own mind based on that person's own experience. I continue to be amazed about how many people know they are right about anything, really, and, and that includes meaningful coincidences. So what do coincidences teach us and what can we learn from them? Uh, they teach us that the weird stuff happens every day. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what's fun about them is that they are they they are they are clues to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. They are clues to how reality works. They are clues to our own hidden nature, our own subconscious, our own intuition, our own ability to navigate the world not just rationally, but through our hearts and through our intuitive capacities they they tell us a lot about ourselves as well as how we can be better in the world so also what i'm hearing from what you're saying is that everything has meaning every experience everything we see of course every coincidence has meaning well some of them are just uh funny uh that's true i mean i've I interviewed somebody who loves looking at license plates uh, and she uses the license plates like tarot cards, like they reflect something that she's thinking about and gives her, give her a hint about something. Uh, one guy said, saw a license plate that said, move now. Uh, mm -hmm. And he was ready to decide whether to move into this apartment or not. So that happens. But sometimes coincidences don't have particular meaning to the person experiencing them. And just, just imagine if you were walking around in life, seeing coincidences everywhere, and they're all over the place, and you think they're meaningful. Well, you know what that becomes? I'm a psychiatrist. That becomes psychotic because you get overwhelmed with the, too much of them. So you need to have a filter for which ones to pay attention to. I've, I've talked with plenty of people who've had too many of them, and some of them fit manic depressive bipolar disorder because when your mind's going really fast you're going to see more coincidences if you're talking about how they happen there are intersections between mental events and external events so if you're manic you're going to have a lot more mental events and see more connections externally and that can make you feel crazy well you just answered my next question how do we experience more coincidences or serendipity well, that's one of them is, uh, is to increase your your increase your um, thought frequency, but that's hard to do unless you take uh, amphetamines. That'll do it too. Uh, psychedelics can open people up. Meditation can open people up. The ability to observe your own mind and make connections with your environment is fundamental. It's fundamental. Can you do a smooth connection between what goes on in your mind and what goes on outside of you? I suggest that people think about something that I call your coincidence sensitivity button. That you can develop a little button, probably around your third eye, 
that picks up the coincidences that you should pay attention to, the ones that need you to wonder about, where you can let other ones just go. You also talk about how coincidences can assist all our human experience, which is just what you were talking about. How, how do how can they assist us with our human experience? The important ones. Well, once you start getting into this stuff, uh, I've formed something called the Coincidence Project. It's a nonprofit. So, uh, if you're interested in coming to um, uh, the Coincidence Cafe, for example, which we which we have once a month on Zoom and where we talk about meaningful coincidences with each other because a key part of learning about this stuff is being able to um, tell each other coincidence stories. A lot of people are separated from others because they can't tell each other, can't tell other people these stories because they think they're crazy. And because I'm a psychiatrist, I can say, I know what's crazy and what's not. Mm -hmm. That's what they tell me <laughs> I can do. And I can do that. I um, mean, it's part of my job. So we have formed uh, an increasingly large number of people, part of this group, who come together. Uh, this is going to happen uh, this coming Saturday, but they happen every sa third Saturday of the month from 11 to 1230 uh, Eastern time, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And you can join us to talk about the, your own coincidences and hear other people telling theirs. And you can go to all one word, the coincidence project, the coincidence project dot net. And you can sign up and you'll get repeated uh, reminders of it if you want to be part of it. So that's a, that's one other way in which they you can increase them. But you ask, well, how do they help? They have been helping me with the coincidence project all along. I mean, that's the that's the fun of this is like I like to think of it as like just riding along and in, in a hammock that moves, kind of just sitting back and kind of cruising along. And then stuff comes in as it seems to be needed. Now, I don't like to advertise that too much because I have trouble believing it, <laughs> but it keeps happening like I like. I want to give a. I want to do a mini seminar uh, at Andrew Wiles uh, uh, Integrative Medicine uh, Fellowship Training Program in Tucson, Arizona, uh, and it's a pretty well-known uh, place for training uh, regular physicians to be a little more integrative, a little more widen their scope of practice to include other uh, practices outside of the standard United States way of doing things or standard allopathic medicine. And I've, I wanted to put together some stories of medical synchronicity, like stuff that happens during the treatment of patients by clinicians uh, that are synchronicity that helps them do their patients better. Uh, and I have a few myself, but I'm a psychiatrist, and that's not real medicine still. I mean, it's still like, da, da, da. it's still got that bias. Uh, but we're doctors. We have MDs or uh, that allows the prescribed stuff, but we're still nah, that way. So I wanted to get one that are more, um, get stories that are more like real medicine kind of thing. So I was wondering about, I knew a guy that, that written a book uh, and he had some stories in there. He was a pediatrician. He had some good stories. But then out of nowhere 
comes this otolaryngologist, says, I've had a lot of synchronicities during my practice. Uh, and uh, I thought I find them interesting. And I thought I'd tell you about them. And I said, tell me about them. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to get some stories from him. And one of the stories the people at the integrative medicine um, staff didn't believe was that a physician can feel the pain of a patient at a distance. It's happened to psychotherapists that they pick up the suicidal intention of their patient and may contact them or hear about it later that the person did make a suicide attempt but didn't die. There's a lot of that happening with therapists. It happens with parents and their children pretty regularly. There's data to suggest that. But between doctors and their patients, a surgeon? No. Well, yes. At 5 a.m., uh, my new friend, the otolaryngologist, uh, wakes up not being able to breathe very well. Something's wrong. Well, at 5 a.m., one of his patients had a blockage in his throat, and the otolaryngologist had to go into the emergency room to be able to uh, help open that up. But at the same time, around the same time, the physician experienced what his patient was experiencing. Now, back in the old days, that's like in the 1880s, 1870s, the 1890s, it was called telepathy. Telepathy, tele is at a distance, pathy is feeling or pain, emotion. So telepathy originally meant feeling the pain of someone at a distance. Then it became more cognitive. So I invented the term simulpathity, simul at the same time, feeling. And so I got an example that I wanted the people at uh, the fellowship program to see because I brought it up myself and she didn't kind of think it was going to be true. But here I got a real doctor telling, telling the same story. So that that's an illustration of being helped along by somehow things coming into me that are helpful. And the more you open up to this stuff, it, it looks like the more often it happens. I mean, from a t well, you're, you're a scientist, you're a doctor. How do you how do you explain that? How do I explain this? Why do birds sing so sweet, <laughs> and lovers wake the break of day? Why do they fall in love? I mean, I, there's a lot of why questions we can right. ask, um, and a, a lot of people have their own opinions, and that's why I kind of. Uh, slow down about your question but this my simple answer is uh, uh statisticians guy named david hand in in london uh says no it's all random and other statisticians do that too it's all random and their basic idea is there's a lot of events happening crossing with each other in eight billion people in the world so some weird stuff is about to happen will happen and that's true but that doesn't mean the things that happen are random. There's a st statistical possibility uh, that you can ideally measure. And I, I there is we haven't find it, gotten a good way of doing that. But there, stat, there is a statistical probability. Some are lower, some are higher. Doesn't mean the statistics cause the coincidences. It means they're part of their characteristics. It's a separate things like saying 
all your problems, Louisa, are because you had a your because your mother. Uh, everybody had a mother, so all coincidences have a statistical probability, but that's that's not enough. Um, there's something else going on. Well, the other end of that, as I mentioned earlier, is mystery. Uh, there's there's a mysterious hiding in plain sight, and this is where it's very very easy to once get into coincidences to start recognizing the possibility of spiritual guides that there is some some something going around each of us that is helping us develop our capacities if we're open to these spiritual guides that then can come into us and begin to communicate in ways that are useful to us and even more i like to think of this something called earth coincidence control office ecco echo behold in latin behold so there's these guys in this office making coincidences happen for each of us i mean that's part of the fun of thinking about these things and i think it may be a little more complicated than that but uh, it's a fun idea and thinking about that there's more to going on about how we have these coincidences hey bernie needs to have a a real surgeon come have have him have a coincidence about surgery so we'll send him one i mean it's fun to think that way that there is another consciousness that's greater than each of ourselves. Some people want to call it God. I have a different idea about it. I don't say there isn't something greater in the universe. My problem is the universe is really large, and you know, and it keeps expanding. It's expanding faster than the speed of light. So, excuse me if I can't conceptualize it very well. It's it. I just rather stay here on Earth, where I have some ideas that it might be testable about what's bigger than us, and I call it the psychosphere. The psychosphere, our mental atmosphere, to which we give energy information and from which we get energy information. And one of the best examples of multiple examples is simultaneous independent discoveries, which means that two or more different people in different parts of the world don't know each other, make the same discovery around the same time. Uh, that This has been true of the telephone. This has been true of uh, calculus, even evolution, and many other things, discovery of oxygen. And currently this keeps happening. Uh, that people find out the same thing. The funniest one I've heard is a book agent uh, who told me when I was telling her about coincidence, she says, uh, you know, I've had five different authors come to me within a short period of time telling me about their book proposal and asking me not to tell anybody about what they're writing about. And they all five were writing about the same thing. That that's the simplest example of that a fun one. There's a, plenty of other ones. A, a paper in 1922 or 23 had 150 or more of them uh, that had happened up until then, and they're still happening. So there's some mental atmosphere that we are feeding off of. And Louisa, your uh, your images, your ideas, what you're doing with your wonderful podcasts, are getting information out into this psychosphere. 
and making those ideas that you and I talk about more accessible to the rest of humanity. Some people call it a mental internet rather than the thing we think about. There's a mental internet out there that's getting firmer and firmer and having more and more connections among and between us. And we're making it more and more possible to have good as well as not so good ideas get out there. So I have the psychosphere as a as a my way of thinking about how there's something greater than us, which is the greater us. But it's not just us, it's the squirrel. It's the trees. It's the plants that you plant in your garden that you communicate with because you can relate to them and they can relate to you. It's the trees that I communicate with and I tell they telepath with me. It's all these these all these beings out there in nature are part of us too. And can't we recognize that as well? Mm. So that's part of the psychosphere. But my major thing to say to each person listening is you have something to do with each one of these happening. It starts with your being open to them, being willing to see them, be willing to experiencing them, and be willing to talk with others about them and get more and more tuned into them. And you can do things that increase the likelihood of their happening. Oh, Dr. Bateman, I Bateman, I love how you shared all of that. And I, it's almost like this energetic web of connection in the, the psychosphere where all these multiple thoughts are happening, but we also have our own individual experiences and what it means to us. You, as you mentioned, you saw a squirrel this morning it could be some. It means something to you, but could if I'd seen it, it's something completely different. How might it meant to you? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, well, I probably think it might have a message for me. Yeah, like well, yeah, good. So what what message if you, that happened to you this morning? What would have uh, what might the message have been? Uh, well, the first thing that came to me is store your nuts for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> good and you know that's this um, <laughs> this is this is part of the fun of this now i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you my in, interpretation now that you have i put it together with the uh, meeting with you today that's the way i i did it um but that's a little bit of a stretch i just wanted to connect you and me too that's mm -hmm. part of the reason i said that but what that hasn't happened to me in quite a while, if it's happened, if it happened, I don't really remember for sure. But what it was telling me was that my meditation is practice is it is getting better. Uh, that. It's that somehow I'm able to get deeper into something. And what it allowed me to think about is that the uh, my energy field was getting calmer and calmer uh, and it became interesting to this curious squirrel who wanted to see what this thing was was going on over there. Because I've had that happen at dance when I'm really in a good energy space. People seem to come around me. Uh, and I haven't been in that space for quite a while lately. And they haven't been around me. So it's fun to see the difference. But somehow this I was tuning in in a way that I hadn't done for a long time that's and that there are energy fields that uh, other beings can pick up from us 
Absolutely. And it felt comfortable in your presence and safe. Comfortable. Comfortable. But I like the curiosity part of it. Uh, it's like comfortable enough to be able to exercise his curiosity or her curiosity or their curiosity to come over and, and investigate. Take a look. And, what is and it? it and, 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 you know, completely different life experiences. I said that because um, I'm originally Australian and it was really cold in France this winter. And I'm actually, I've got open fireplaces, big ones, but I'm looking at getting those wood burner stoves. <laughs> so we have different experiences. That's the idea. And as we just did, my coincidence with the squirrel could also have meaning for another person as it might for you. Mm. That it's another way to show how we're interconnected. That when you tell somebody your experience, that helps them into their own experience about yours, or sometimes brings a story of theirs out, which they hadn't even thought about. So interesting. Gosh, I, I just absolutely love what you're doing, Dr. Biteman. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience today? Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it together here for a minute. Um, uh, I'm glad you and I had a chance to have a little dialogue here because I, I think that's that's more fun than me rambling along. But I, I think you also inspired me indirectly to talk about things that I needed to be able to talk about. So I thank you very much for that. Um, what what I ask you to to our audience to, to pay attention to is not just the coincidences that involve you, but sometimes a coincidence involves somebody else, as we indirectly did with Louisa today. But sometimes two people experience a coincidence together. Sometimes that's called what looks like romance. It's one of the most popular ones. Hey, well, this is meant to be. Well, you think it's meant to be, but the other person has a different opinion about it, which sometimes is what happens, uh, just because you think, oh, so you have to ask the other person, that person's experience of their of the coincidence. I've I've done that bunches of times with people where I thought there was some kind of like even business or, or coincidence future talk. No, sometimes it's just for the moment just for the moment of two people coming together. So it's important to find out what the other person thinks about it and feels about it. But there's more to it, that you, that you can become aware of the psychosphere. You can become aware of our interconnectedness through this mental atmosphere. You can think about how some of this stuff happens, like simul simultaneous independent discoveries or simulpathy, feeling things of the, at a distance. You can be able to share your stories at thecoincidenceproject.net, uh, and you can communicate to me through there if you wish. Or you can go to Meaningful Coincidences, uh, name of my book, and you'll get to my website, and you can communicate through that website to me. But the most important thing I can say to you is that uh, there appears to be a movement developing that I've happen to be in the middle of 
at least now, of having more and more people recognize their interconnectedness through synchronicity and serendipity and to recognize that we need to do something as a group, as what I call the collective human organism that can help mitigate the global warming that we ourselves are creating and reduce the conflict that we are also creating for each other. Because we're destroying not only ourselves, but all those lovely creatures. We're losing so many different species these days. And I'm a, a pleading for synchronicity awareness to be able to find our connections, to find the love and the compassion that synchronicity can bring on for us through our shared experiences, our recognition of our shared experiences. And in that way, help reduce the likelihood of uh, our impending suicide. Oh, thank you, Dr. Beitman. I, I love your passion. And um, I will leave a link to your website in the show notes below. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your experiences and all the incredible research you've done. And thank you for being on Passion Harvest. You're very welcome, Louisa. <laughs> it's okay. great to talk with you. And thank you for the opportunity to meet you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you like this episode, please do subscribe for weekly passionate inspirational interviews.